What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a fantastic episode. It is my pleasure to welcome Elizabeth Cho Fertik. She's an angel investor and founder of ECF Biosolutions, a life science advisory practice. You can learn more about them at ecfbiosolutions.com. How are you today, Elizabeth? I'm great. Doing great. Thanks, John, for the opportunity to join you today. Oh, no. Thank you so much. I am so excited to have you on the show. And uh, we are at episode 195. And I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate 195 episodes and to welcome you on the show. Elizabeth, you and I met a couple months ago at a Johns Hopkins event. And then we have since connected. And I think we've both spoken at several events. And so it's been a real pleasure. And I'm so excited to share your story with my audience today. So we're moving forward listeners. So Elizabeth, one of the things that I find so interesting about you is that you didn't start out in the angel investing or finance world. Tell our listeners exactly where you started your career. Sure. And that's exactly right. So by training, I'm a scientist, Mm -hmm. uh, specifically a cancer biologist. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, going way back, um, I was tinkering in the lab. um, And then after X many years, I moved on over to the industry and startup world, Uh the scientific realm. Right. But coupled to that, I gained experience on the finance side, how to fund startups. Wow. Did that specifically by starting out as an angel investor. And and actually for our listeners, because I would love for you to give our listeners uh, a little bit of uh, a primer. So what is an angel investor? Sure. I know it sounds very uh, mystical and all. Um, Let me just uh, demystify that. Angel investors are um, individual investors who uh, provide capital to startups primarily at the earliest stages so they can get going, seed funding. And Mm -hmm. in exchange, angel investors will get a little share, ownership in the uh, venture. That's all it is. Okay. Oh, wonderful. And how did you... How did you get into this world? Was this uh, uh, intentional on your part? Was it accidental? Because I'm curious, because it sounds like y- you had a very well-established career in the sciences. And how did your life kind of uh, take this direction? Sure. Good question. So after I spent uh, about 15 years in the lab, I got into the grant side of it because you need funding. You yes. always need funding, no matter what. Yes. But in academia, you just as um, you need it as much as, you know, in the private world. So I learned about grants administration and I oversaw a great many review panels where we sit together, huddle together for a couple days in a hotel room and decide which grants to fund. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of funding. The other aspect of funding startups, that is, is through private investor funding. Mm. So I learned of that, but had no clue either myself. So I decided to teach myself and I joined an angel investor group. And so I did. Oh, and and explain, I would, I love the story. So explain the process of teaching yourself this whole new area. Uh, Because I I think when people hear angel investor, 
like you said, it, it, it can sound kind of like a mystical, far removed thing, but it is something that people do. They do. They work very hard at it. And what was your process? So you joined a group and what was the education and like and what was the learning curve like for you? Sure. The learning curve was super steep. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Finance was not has never was never my thing. It I should say now it's gotten um, a little bit easier, of course, with practice. Anything does. So mm. I pulled myself up by the bootstraps, really, in, in joining the angel investor group. Now, not anybody can. You have to have a certain, you know, income and so forth. You have to be an accredited investor. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in a state where you invest, but then there goes your house, right? right, right. So there is a minimum threshold that's established by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, you can find that anywhere on Google, and certain angel investor groups will have certain threshold cutoffs for income and so forth. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, I really just learned on my own and through the patience of others around me who are veterans. Um, But it took a long time. And Elizabeth, I I love that you're sharing this side of things because I've interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs, but I I love that uh, you're opening our listeners to the the side of investors. Uh, let's also talk about ECF Biosolutions. So tell us a story about how you got it, into starting up your own life science advisory practice. Sure. So um, I started this after I um, spent about 10 years in grants because a number of people came up to me and asked me, can you help me write grants? What, what do, um, reviewers really think? So with that demand, I was able to tinker a little bit and do some ad hoc grant writing and word spread. So I was able to establish my own, uh, advisory practice primarily on the grant side of things. But as I became an angel investor and learned of the private investor side of things, I was able to provide advice to startups as well. So I, um, over time, it wasn't overnight, I gained the experience from both the grants and private investing side of funding startups. So that's what my, yes, that's what my advisory practice does uh, to a large part. The other part is more science writing, but, um, you know, people can find out more about that aspect on my website. Absolutely. And Elizabeth, I've got to ask you, when you started out, uh, following school, starting out your career in the sciences, did you ever imagine that your life and career would take this trajectory? Absolutely not. (laughs) And that's what's fun about life. And you never know which way it's going to land for you. But, you know, in finance, I never had a head for finance. And I thought, oh, I can never be an angel investor. But you know what, after a while, and if you have an interest, you can um, become whatever you want, and um, including myself. So here I am. Oh, I love it. And actually, that leads me perfectly into my next question. So Elizabeth, uh, given everything that you do as an angel investor, and as running your own life science advisory practice, what would you say is your big why? What is your daily purpose? What gets you up in the morning? I, America, you know, and other places in the world, of course, but the US in particular, has amazing entrepreneurship um, spirit as you know, we all know. And there are so many wonderful startups out there and just entrepreneurs just putting their heart and soul 
but there's not enough funding. And so I just really um, get up because I want to be able to support um, any promising startups as an investor and um, also as a mentor to oh, these. Yes, yeah, I love it. And what would you say as we're speaking today, it's November 2018, what would you say is the biggest challenge you face in accomplishing that big why? Yeah, so um, just as I see what startups need, I don't know that entrepreneurs fully get what investors evaluate mm -hmm. when they um, see potential startups for um, investment. I see a huge divide. And I see startups, um, they will invest in legal counsel and accounting, but they don't always uh, realize the importance of knowing what investors want. And so there, they need to invest a little bit, too, in their education of it. Yeah. So rather than just Googling, you know, various things, it's just like Googling a medical condition. It's not always the case, what you see. So I really need to... Uh, encourage um, entrepreneurs to close that divide and put a little investment in that side because without funding, you really can't go. Right. You would think that it's interesting to hear that because you would think that that would be an area that would be of primary concern for any startup. But it's so interesting to hear from, from you working on the investor side that that is something that you see a lot of startups not putting uh, enough effort into. And so I, I would actually like to have you tell this story because I, I think it's a fantastic story. You've created a course on this, but the way the course came about, I would love for you to tell the story of why you've created a course to address this issue. Thanks, John, for that. Um, yes, I would love to. So I mentor a great many um, startups at incubators and accelerators, which just is a fancy way of saying um, – educational resource centers. They provide a lot of resources and education around how to start their business, mm -hmm. but um, not as much on the investment side of things. So when I mentor, I heard so many um, you know, entrepreneurs come up to me and ask, so how do I get funding? How do I do this? How do I pitch? And is, that how do the, I is that the number one question that you get asked? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just don't have not any single person has the bandwidth to educate sure. and in order to make the greatest impact. I thought, OK, let me create this online course, which I did with three other colleagues who are veteran um, angel investors individually. But they're also, you know, with private equity and venture capital firms. So very experienced group. And so we put this course together. We go into the due diligence, which is the research that investors do on startups, especially the financial part, capitalization tables, term sheets, all these things that investors, uh, I'm sorry, entrepreneurs um, get a shock <laughs> um, to learn about because they think it's a one-off conversation they may have and a deal's made. No, yeah. it takes months to reach an actual negotiation. Yeah. And where do you think the disconnect comes from between uh, startups and entrepreneurs and understanding the nuances and the complexity uh, of the financing component? Where, where, what do you think has caused that gap, if I may ask you? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's so much a cause as um, entrepreneurs, they're not, if they're not investors themselves, they simply wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what you don't know is sure. out there. 
Yeah. It's really a case of that. And um, educating oneself to overcome the gaps is critical. Yeah. And did you ever, and I've got to ask you, because you're doing so many amazing things. Again, you've created an online course. Was creating an online course something that you ever imagined doing? Not at all. I had to learn about LearnDash and all these <laughs> platforms. And John, I've reached out to you even on occasion on uh, how do I create this payment site? No, it was not in um, the cards for me, I thought, but out of necessity and really to help the entrepreneur um, uh, ecosystem, I you know pulled myself up by the bootstraps and had some great website helpers. Um, put it all together. Oh, it's fantastic. And and I do recommend to our listeners, we, we will have the link on the write-up. Well, Elizabeth, are you ready for the Knowledge Burst session? I think so. I think yeah. you are. And actually, <laughs> I want to tweak this because I, I love where this conversation is and I want to educate our listeners. So giving maybe a little sneak peek of what's in your course, I want to ask you, what do you see as the biggest mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs and startups make when they first pitch to an angel investor? I would say their stories are not as tight as they could be. Mm. So in the end, I still don't get who uh, they're marketing their tech to or who they want to go after. I'm, I don't think they always know. They think they do, but the story's not tight. So I recommend um, practice, practice, practice in front of different audiences and to make sure the audience themselves can pitch it back in 30 seconds to ensure they got the gist of it. I think that is so interesting that you point out that story, which I've heard from so many entrepreneurs, but to hear it from you on the investor side, I think that's really great. And I I, I love that you're highlighting that for our Moving Forward listeners. Well, Elizabeth, what would you say as someone who is in the angel investor world and uh, doing your own life science advisory practice, do you have a favorite tech tool or do you have a practice, a daily practice or ritual that helps you move forward through the day? I would say, um, I hate it, it maybe a little trite, but I love Twitter oh. because <laughs> it's quick, it's instantaneous, and yeah. people ask questions, and I can feed it right back quickly. So it's got the quickest and widest reach. So it's Twitter for me. I love it. That's a great, great practice and a great share. Elizabeth, I'm curious to ask you. So as we're speaking today, what is one small choice or step that you're taking today to move forward? So just as there are many entrepreneurs, I, you know, they need capital. There are equally as many uh, prospective investors who need educating on how to become an angel investor. So I'd like to try to reach out to the other side and bring more prospective investors in and educate them. I love it. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Elizabeth, are you ready to do a little time travel? I'll try. All right, we're going to step into our time machine and we're setting it ahead for five years from today. You're going to step out and meet future Elizabeth. Tell me, who is Elizabeth in 2023? 
Well, my dream is that the few um, startups that I mentor, that a couple of them will have made it. Mm. I will have loved to have been a successful mentor. I love it. And what about for yourself? I mean, where do you see yourself in five years? Me personally, I hope that I will have made greater impact on the entrepreneurial um, ecosystem um, because this online course is relatively newish. So if it's had some impact within five years, I'll be the happiest. I love it. What a great, great share. Elizabeth, how can our listeners connect with you and find out more about the fantastic work that you're doing? Yeah, thanks, John. They can always reach me and learn more about me on my website, um, ecfbiosolutions.com. I think you're going to provide that link, right? Yes, absolutely. Sure. And if they want to learn more about my course, there's an educational courses um, page within. And for those seriously interested in the um, online startup fundraising course, I'm happy to provide your listeners a special um, discount. Oh, wonderful. Um, You can enter the code INTRO30. And Intro 30 will give um, folks 30% off any of the courses. Um, There are three. So um, as they wish. And I have all my various social media um, icons up there. So you can follow me along different um, trajectories. And um, you can contact me by email as well. Awesome. And uh, do you have a it sounds like Twitter right now is your favorite platform. So would you recommend that moving forward listeners reach out to you by Twitter or email? Do you have a preferred channel? I think Twitter will be the quickest. Awesome. Very very good. And we'll have that linked on the write-up. Well, Elizabeth, close out the show for us. Share some parting wisdom for our Moving Forward listeners. Okay. So I would say, since this has mostly been about entrepreneurs, I would say, as before, invest in your education. Get to know the investment side, the legal side, and accounting as needed. Don't neglect the investment. Don't um, go, you know, from place to place, source to source. Invest in your education on that point so you can get to your goal as quickly as possible. I love it. What great parting wisdom for our Moving Forward listeners. Elizabeth, I want to thank you so much. You are a super busy person. I want to thank you so much for carving out this time today to share your amazing story and some great tips and knowledge bursts on pitching to angel investors so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you, John. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. And Moving Forward listeners, check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. You can follow us at Be Moving Forward on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.